0: Hey everybody, Bob WP here. You are maybe, or maybe you're not looking at us. This is a new perspective on Do The Boo podcast where I bring in two to three people that are a lot smarter than me. And well, you know, there's always those special cases, but most of the time I bring in two to three people that are a lot smarter than me. And we just talk about two or three topics in the Woo space. I'm simply here to get them talking. You won't hear me talk a lot except at the beginning and end. And yeah, it's just get their insights or perspectives, just kind of go from it. And I'm going to, we're going to actually go around a particular subject area this time, which I'm going to dive into as soon as I thank our sponsors, WooCommerce.com. If you're looking for, uh, you know, a career in WooCommerce, you want to use all your Woo talents, go to, do the woo.io, just click on jobs. And there's actually three very cool jobs there right now. So, so building that out. There'll be more people, more agencies, more people advertising that, uh, putting up job listings. So, check that out. And PayPal, that is our newest sponsor. They just recently were on the podcast last week and might want to listen in. They have the Paying for Excellent. Well, this is almost a no-brainer, and Brad, who's here, he, he said that actually on Twitter today, uh, what it allows you to do as a merchant or your clients, if you're a builder, is to have people break up their purchase and four payments, four equal payments every two weeks, no interest, no risk on you as a merchant, no risk on you as a builder, suggesting that your client do this. PayPal takes all the risk so it's it's a pretty sweet deal so check that out you can go to paypal.com look for pay in four we are gonna move right along. well I'm gonna first I'm gonna have my esteemed guests which well, you know they're esteemed in the sense that they're also voices you're very familiar with my co-hosts I thought I'd kick off with woo perspectives with my co-hosts, and I'm going to have them go around do a quick intro just because some of you may still not know them, or at least now you can, if you're watching the video, tie a face with a name. Brad, why don't you start?
1: Sure. I am Brad Williams, the original co-host of Do the Woo. Just remember that when you hear from these other guys after me. Um, during the day, I am the CEO and co-founder of Web Dev Studios, WordPress design and development agency so we have a lot of experience building out um e-commerce sites specifically with
2: WooCommerce so happy to be here Bob. Cool how about you Mendel who are you? Well actually when you were saying esteemed I was just thinking I'm mostly esteemed uh in Austin uh, when it gets hot during the summer um Sorry, I couldn't help it. Uh, you know what? I am. Um, I don't know what number in the birth order I am for hosts, but I don't care because we're we're all great. Um, and uh, I'm the WooCommerce advocate for agencies at Nexus, uh, a liquid web company. So that's what I do. I help agencies be successful with WooCommerce. That's it. Good job. good job. You do a good job of it, too.
3: How about
0: you, Jonathan? I
3: know you um, work for somebody we all know and love. <laughs> I'm Jonathan Wold. I, I lead community initiatives at WooCommerce, uh, which can mean any number of things. But a lot of my time and energy is focused on supporting the existing WooCommerce community and helping it grow in the, our global and our local spaces.
0: Cool. All righty. Well, all three of you, I don't know if all three of you, but last couple of weeks ago, WooSesh did... Uh, Woo Session was online, virtual conference, uh, yearly, very cool event. Two days of a lot of woo-ness. It was focused on primarily builders. And one of the things they started out with was State of the Woo. So I thought what would be fun is to go in and grab three snippets from that, three audio snippets, and just lay it on these three guys and play them and have them... You know, talk about it a little bit, and they they went over a lot of stuff in the state of the Woo. So we're covering very little. You can go over to Woo Sesh, uh, uh, join their membership over there, and actually get Woo Sesh and all the other things, videos from WP Sessions. So you might check that out if you want to hear it. And I think there's going to be a few scattered uh, videos on WooCommerce.com, and I don't know if there's anywhere else, but a few of them they're going to be putting out free that you can listen to. First one. I want to play is from Alan Smith, the developer advocate over there. Wait, wait,
2: hey Bob, before you start that, I want to I want to bring some controversy into this conversation. Are you okay with that? Yeah, okay, I'm I'm fine with that. So All right, what, cool, what do you cool, want? Cool. So I I attended uh, WooSesh and I thought it was awesome. Um, as I'm sure uh, everybody on this podcast did. Um, I found a couple things interesting, and I wanted to get everybody else's take on it. Um. Number one, stay the, stay the, uh, woo. Awesome. Uh, it was, it was super cool. Um, a lot of new cool stuff coming. I thought it was interesting that, um, it was in the walled garden of Wu sesh, um, rather than a, um, a public, uh, a public forum or a more public, uh, forum. Number two, I thought it was interesting and and quite cool. I'm going to give a little bias to this. um, quite cool that there was such a diverse group of people that were presenting um, pieces of State of Woo, um, unlike uh, State of the Word, um, which is uh, primarily done by uh, by Matt, um, which nothing negative about that, just thought it was kind of cool that there were um, multiple groups. So I'm just curious what everybody else thought about the format and the um, the way this information was, was disseminated. I'm going to go to Brad first because uh, <laughs> I, I, I have a lot. To
1: you said Jonathan, but
2: yeah, I got, I, I got plenty. I
1: can say, <laughs> yeah. I mean, overall, like I think it's a, the, the idea of woo session and word session and for those of you who don't know, I was one of the original organizers that helped with word session when it was first started, however many years ago um, I'm not involved anymore, but I used to be. So it, it is, near and dear to my heart i I mean obviously virtual events are very common now right but word sesh was originally founded on the idea of being a virtual event that anyone in any time zone could attend um it was originally 24 hours for that very reason right so not everyone had to be uh you know forced into u.s working hours or whatever that looks like now they've changed that a bit but understandably because that was a bit difficult to to run as an organizer for 24 hours straight. But, um, so overall the idea of like, yeah, it's just, it's another virtual event, I guess some people might look at it that way, but the fact is it's been doing this for much longer than just this year, right? This was like the first really big WordPress virtual event out there in terms of word session and woo sesh kind of stemmed from that. So I love the format of it being online. It's very accessible to anybody, um, I believe, correct my for well, no, it was free for everyone when while it was live, yep. which is yeah. cool. I definitely get your point. Um, Mendel, specifically around the state of, of Woo. Um, now that it's passed, it my understanding is you have to pay to get access to it. I do think that that particular presentation should probably be opened up um outside of the paywall, just because of it's important to the whole, you know, community, uh builders, users of WooCommerce that they have access to that without having to necessarily pay. Um, but there's just a lot of great content. Like I like the diversity of the the speakers. I like for, for the, the stay of the woo specifically and just the whole event. Right. There's just some really intelligent, smart people here talking about some really interesting things. So, I mean, overall, I think it was an amazing event, um, but I understand the point you're making. Ken, or, to, I mean, to be
2: clear, I'm, I'm not knocking the event at all. I thought that I thought the event was was killer and I'm not even actually knocking anything. I'm just just posing the question out there. Into, <laughs> <Good> question.
3: <laughs> all right. So I'll jump in on that. I was responsible for programming and sort of making sure things went smoothly for Woosesh this year on our side. So uh, I hadn't thought about it too much, but I agree. It does bug me a little bit too. Let me say this first. uh, uh, It's important that we like Woosesh is a community event that we're sponsoring and supporting. Right. So that was part of where all this starts from is like, I think Brian, Patrick, I love what they're doing. We want to support it. Ultimately, it, like we were even a little bit uncomfortable with this idea of calling it like the state of the woo, because you know it, it, there's historic precedents. It was fine at the end of the day, but we do see us like doing more of our own things in the future. At the same time, it's really important to us to support and be involved in community initiatives. As far as the content itself, I'll talk to Brian about it afterwards. We've we've only touched on it briefly. My preference would be for like that particular piece to just be publicly available. If for some reason he doesn't want to do it, I'll make a version of it because it was all pre-recorded, so I can stitch something else together. But um, yeah, I, I love what they're doing. And for us, it's a great opportunity to support something that's happening. The content, though, is something that we'd want to be available. Very happy to support the business model. But for that particular piece, um, the intent has been to make it available. Just a matter of what's the best way to do that.
1: I, and I, I love the fact that there's very popular um, and really valuable events that are not spearheaded by automatic, to be yep. honest, because not Same. everything has to be. And I think people kind of generally fall in that rut of, well, if it's, you know, if automatic's not involved, like, does it really, should we do this? But I think it's, it's, that's a good thing, right? Like to an extent, I think it's a good thing that it's not all coming from automatic. It's community driven in a sense so, I definitely like that. And that's one of the reasons I've always liked things like Word Session and Woo Session and, and even some of the other events like um, Pressnomics and um, some of those other ones in years past that were very valuable events, really great events, but they weren't under that automatic umbrella, or at least the over, over, because WordCamps aren't necessarily automatic, ran, but they are being overseen by, yeah. um, you know, some components of automatic. So, um, and, and for good reason, but I like a mix. It should not all be coming from one company or, fall on one company, right? It should be the community. And this, this is a good example of it. So I agree. I I
2: would go as far as to say that this was, um, granted I didn't see all of the virtual events for, uh, WordPress and WooCommerce this year. Um, but I would say that this was the best, um, content and delivery, um, of the content that I've seen at a virtual event all year. Um, which which I totally appreciated because as a as a WooCommerce professional and WordPress professional um having something captivate me uh and pull me into the screen all day long for 2 days uh that that's surprising right cuz I I run away from screens these days so um yeah it was cool yeah
0: cool well wait till you see the do the woo conference you know it's um well, I haven't told you three about that yet, but no, no, just kidding. Um, anyway, so thank you for that, Mendel. A um, little bit of interjection there. That was a good segue into it. Going back to what I was going to play, just to remind you, and I could just surprise you anyway, but it is Alan Smith, a question they had asked developers. So let, let, let's listen into this, and, and then I'm going to have your feedback on this.
4: So who are Woo Developers? Uh, In July of this year, we sent out a survey to folks who self-identify as quote unquote, WooCommerce developers. And I'll tell y'all, we learned a lot. What we learned is that WooCommerce developers are not just developers. We asked people this question, how do you use WooCommerce? How do you interact with WooCommerce on a daily basis? And we learned all sorts of interesting things. For instance, 75% of people who build plugins or extensions, they also build and maintain stores for merchants. And vice versa, 70% of the people who build uh, stores for merchants also build and maintain extensions or plugins. Uh, There's a certain subset of people who are uh, theme developers out of that group as well. But what I think is really interesting is if you'll notice the overlap between the people who build and maintain stores, the people who build and maintain plugins—they themselves are also store owners. So these are people who have direct experience, not just with merchants that they build for, but they have direct experience as a merchant themselves.
0: Hmm. So, hmm. talk amongst yourselves. No, let's let's start with. Um, I'm going to start with Brad. Brad, um, and and I think what I want is to. You know, how do you concur with this as far as you know you're an agency? Uh, all three of you work with agencies, you work with developers, you know other developers. Does this kind of jive into what you're seeing uh, and and any thoughts on why that may be happening or why you see this more diverse and not pigeonholed developer definition?
1: Yeah. Um, the stats are very interesting, right? 70% of devs who build stores also build extensions. Um, you know, I, 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 that one, I think, is a little more, maybe a little more obvious. You know, and and on our side, we're an agency. We build stores. We build extensions, right? So I guess we would fall into that particular bucket. But um, this goes back. The first thing I thought about when I started hearing that is, when you talk about a, de- a WordPress developer in general, that means a very different thing than just a developer or a programmer. And on the surface, it may not, or you may not be thinking that, but as someone who's hired a lot of developers over the years, it absolutely does. And I think this probably falls into that kind of bucket where a developer, when you say WordPress developer, even WooCommerce developer, it's, it's it doesn't just line up with what traditionally people think of this, like hardcore, you know, just writing code, you know, expert at php level type of person yes those do fall into that category but it also is hobbyists fall in that category or would consider themselves maybe a woocommerce developer um, by installing and configuring a bunch of plugins and setting up a store right um, same way with a wordpress developer we see someone says i'm a developer and we start digging in their experience and realize well they're good at setting up you know, putting a bunch of plugins together, configuring those plugins and getting things to work from that sense, which that does take a talent and a skill. Um, it doesn't necessarily necessarily mean they're developer in the sense of how we would traditionally think of it of actually writing code, building extensions, working with apis, you know, really getting into the zeros and ones of it all. So, um, I guess when I hear stats like that that's kind of what I think about this These terms of developers in our community in our space with WordPress with woocommerce I think they're much they're much bigger like bubbles of people than we might traditionally think of and I think maybe that's kind of the point we're hearing here is you know a builder the fact that they have that many builders also running stores I think is pretty fascinating and i'd be I'd be curious to hear stats like that in other platforms because I bet that's not really the case with things like Shopify and stuff. Um, I bet it's really because of WooCommerce and specifically because of the open source nature of the projects. Um, maybe who knows? But that's kind of what I was thinking as soon as I heard that clip. How
0: about you, Mendel? Um, you know, kind of coming from the hosting and and dealing with a lot of different developers, agencies, etc.
2: Yeah, you know, if you're an agency, you eventually come across a situation uh, where you need to customize something that you can't customize out of the box. Right. And so I think like as far as agencies go, I would say that almost a hundred percent of agencies, once they reach a certain level of business are, are always going to be um, a plugin add on custom code developer. Um, So that's, that's, on one side um on the other side if you've ever hired a plumber or an electrician uh to come to your house you can um you can find uh plumbers that um that are not certified that uh, they know how to put pipes together um and they might be really good at it um they might not follow every safety protocol. Um, they might not have experience under their belt that teaches them that putting a pipe in one part of the house, you shouldn't use that same type of pipe in the other part of the house, right? Um, and then you have plumbers that are like masters at their craft, right? Um, they, uh, they have like 62 different um, uh, certifications and they build... Um, you know, complex systems, and they can do commercial and all sorts of stuff, right? Um, plumbers and developers, or electricians and developers, are very similar because um, I would argue that uh, that a plumber that doesn't have a certification or a base level of information um, is a different type of plumber than um, a commercial plumber, right? Like there are many different types. And I I think that developers are very much the same way. Um, You can call yourself a developer the second you learn one line of code. Um, And that's that's fine and that's valid and it's awesome. Um, It's also important to realize that when everybody calls themselves a developer, that you have to look for the nuance in what that definition is for them and i think that that's what we're seeing in some of these numbers as well uh is you know uh if you if you know somebody that has hacked a little bit of code in the core that person's a developer right and if and if you know somebody that's built a a you know a a headless interface or a, an interface for headless uh wordpress or woocommerce um for an enterprise uh like disney or somebody like that that's a developer uh and so knowing um what those grades are or or what what those definitions are uh is is important and i w- i would love to see i would love to see some data on that in the future um because knowing that would help us level up people from one uh from being one type of developer um you know maybe a new developer a developer that doesn't code within the wordpress or woocommerce standards um to becoming a, uh, you know, a developer that does, you know, runs tests and, um, and, and does things according to, uh, you know, the scaffolding that is suggested within, within the projects and things like that. So um, yeah, it's, it's super interesting. I'm not surprised by the numbers, um, but I, I do think that the industry as a whole, whether it's WordPress or WooCommerce or Magenta or whatever, um, deserves a little more rigor in those classifications and numbers so that we can understand who's building on our projects.
0: Cool. Now, Jonathan, what's your thoughts on this?
3: I had a lot of thoughts. Two are standing out. Uh, So one of the first things that I focused on, I've just now passed a year in this role, one of the first things I focused on, especially with our meetups program, is putting more and more of our emphasis on store owners and merchants, the entrepreneurs versus developers, while at the same time acknowledging that it's kind of there's a continuum there. right? Like I think because of, because of Woo's open source nature, a lot of folks will say, oh, I want to build a store, and then they get into it, they do something for themselves. I, I know a number of folks who've done this, and then they end up becoming a developer. They enjoy it, and they'll do more for others, so sort of go from there. So on the one hand, like, I think one of the things that we're working hard to do at Woo like overall is make more and more of what we do be focused on what's best for the store owner. And like, how do we make the, the user experience easier, et cetera. The, this point of differentiation, it's really interesting. So part of this, this idea of calling, um, you take the term builder, for instance, there's a lot of flexibility inherent in that term because they can be someone who is not using any code and they can be building a Woo site for clients, which I think is fantastic and really important to the future of this ecosystem. And then when it comes to extensions though, uh, you know, and and doing more complex things or the fact that Woo is growing in the enterprise, like there's a different set of needs and, and, um, and capability required there. So, one of the things that we're working on and have been for a bit is the is figuring out what does the next version of the Woo Experts program look like? And I think that's where w- there is a particular opportunity is to offer this. this. Uh, there's a number of things that we're changing about it. One is to remove the pay structure entirely so that there's not a any sense of like pay for play happening. But I think there's an opportunity there for there to be this sort of standard around this idea of oh, you're a woo expert and there's some expectations that come with that, uh, whatever that looks like. And uh, there's some opportunity there that uh, I'm excited to see us explore further and get more input on. And I think if we can have some clearer lines of demarcation that without putting it like like an opt-in versus a, um, like a negative, right? where it's like people can, who want to grow and want to get better, it can sort of distinguish themselves further. So I think there's some opportunity there and I'm I'm excited to see us explore that.
0: Thanks to our sponsor, PayPal. In time for the holiday season, PayPal has launched a new pay later option called Pay in Four. This means that your clients can offer their customers the option to purchase over time in four interest-free payments. This feature is one of two options from PayPal for pay later with the other being PayPal credit which gives store customers more purchasing power through flexible and transparent choices in how and when they pay. The second option is subject to consumer credit approval. So offering these payment options is good business. Did you know that 64% of consumers surveyed say they're more likely to make a purchase at a retailer? That offers interest-free payment options. And 56% of consumers that responded agree that they prefer to pay a purchase back in installments rather than use a credit card. Well, this seems like a no-brainer to me. Clients can grow their sales and get paid up front with no additional risk or cost. All you need to do is download the PayPal checkout extension on the Marketplace at WooCommerce.com. Just head on over. Click Marketplace and search for the PayPal checkout. Suggesting that to your clients will certainly open up sales opportunities for them. Thanks to PayPal for being a community sponsor for Do the Blue. And now let's head back on over to the conversation. Alrighty, cool. Well, Home Screen. WooCommerce Home Screen. One of the things they talked about is the changes to that what's kind of happened. And then they talked about version two, which is going to be the next phase. One specific part that uh, Elizabeth spoke on was some of the features that are coming to the vendors, the plugin developers, as far as uh, um, onboarding, People and you know how WooCommerce on board. So I want to play this and she just goes over a few of these features. I want to kind of get your thoughts on this. She's she's already talked about it. She's leading into, and these are the features for some of the vendors.
5: One of the things that I definitely want to touch upon is extensibility. So ways that extensions can plug into the home screen, number one are in the setup tasks. So once an extension is installed, the extension author can trigger a setup task that could help the merchant with onboarding to the extension or other things. Another area where extensions can plug in is in the store management card. So there's a section here for extensions. Lastly, extension authors also have the possibility of sharing information with merchants via inbox messages.
0: Okay. That is it. That is it. So that gives you an idea of what the home screen 2.0 is going to be happening as far as uh, yeah, adding a little bit more for the uh, the vendors as far as what they're putting in there or when people add stuff. So Mendel, I'm going to start with you. Your thoughts on that?
2: Um, I love the inbox. I think it's super cool. Um, I love the direction all of this is going in. the 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 one question that I should probably raise um, in in the WooCommerce Slack is, you know, will there be the opportunity for um, organizations that might have a slightly different onboarding process to change the onboarding messages, um, rather not the onboarding messages, the default messages um, that exist as soon as you turn on WooCommerce. Um, I think in some cases, it can lead to more confusion if there's a slightly different onboarding process or there are new technologies that um, are augmenting and making the experience of WooCommerce better. Um, but overall, I, I think it's awesome. Um, I think that notifications have been a sore spot, um, in WordPress as a whole. And, uh, I think this is a good step in the right direction.
0: Cool. Let's swing over to you, Jonathan.
3: I remember seeing the preview for the first time we did an early sort of design call for feedback and which I've really liked. It's been a pretty open, transparent process. And I was a little bit, a little shocked at first. I've been in WordPress for such a long time and you get used to the way that things are. So I, you know, even like I had to take a moment, okay, this this is pretty different. But as I started to watch the feedback and as I sat with it a bit, I showed it off to just like some store owners at my local meetup and just began to gather feedback and just seeing how positive the reactions were and the focus on how do we make this user experience more straightforward, less intimidating, lower the barrier of entry. like, that's the right focus, my own sort of initial reactions aside. As I sat with it longer, I really liked the direction. There's a tension there to navigate, to, to Mendel's point, about how you balance. Well, first, just the frank reality that this is an open source project. And if someone doesn't like something, they could figure out a way to do something. And to get around it. That's just a fact. But we wanna we don't want to force people into that position. So, how do you balance this like guided, curated, more user-focused experience that's designed to help more merchants succeed with giving people flexibility to do things that frankly you can't anticipate, which is the beauty of extension? So it's gonna take it's gonna take iteration and feedback. I have a lot of confidence in the team working on it. And, and their just desire to get input and make it the, the best that it can be in consideration of all the possibilities. It's going to continue to be a process, though. And I think, like Mendel's point, is a great one. There are folks who are going to take Woo and WordPress and create different types of onboarding experiences. And we want to give them the ability to do that. So, Mendel, I think to your point, I would just make sure that you raise it loudly uh, and uh, that, it's, that it's, it's recognized. And,
2: and I usually the- don't have a problem with loud.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We we know that. Yeah, for sure. But um,
2: Brad, how about you?
0: Yeah. I
1: mean, I, I, you know, overall I like it. I like the fact it's just enabled for everybody now with the latest release. Um, Everything with WordPress extensibility is always, you know, should be at the forefront because that's the whole core of WordPress and why it's so popular is that you can, you know, anyone that has the, the, uh, the, the, the ability developers, either that they work with or themselves that they can do it um, can customize these things, you know, to their needs. Um, I think to me, it's, it's definitely a step in the right direction. It's a step forward. I mean, to your point, Jonathan, like change is always weird, right? Like anytime something you're used to seeing changes, like the initial reaction, I think for everybody is skepticism, I guess it's probably the best way to put it. I'm seeing it now with like Facebook. Everyone's been, you know, in the last few months, everyone's been getting the new Facebook and I, I enabled it like six or eight months ago and I was like, well, this is terrible. I was like, but I'll stick with it because I know that's probably just my initial reaction. Now I don't really care. You know, um, it's fine. Uh, the the way I look at this, this the home screen, you know, um, the dashboard or whatever you want to call it, like this is kind of, it's kind of like that first impression thing for new users, especially. Right. Like when you look at a dashboard for an e-commerce platform, WooCommerce or otherwise, like that's kind of your initial impression of like what you're going to see as a store owner. This is what this is where I'm going to live. Like, how do I feel about the way this looks? You know, is this giving me the information I need? Um, is it overwhelming? Is it underwhelming? Is it right in that sweet spot? And it's going to be different for everybody, but uh, it's certainly a better experience right out of the gate, I think, than what was there previously, right? And the fact that, you know, again, John, I think you made the point of we've got to iterate. Like, you know, it's getting the the, the new version out there, getting people comfortable with it, getting extension developers on board to, you know, hook their extensions into it in a way that's thoughtful for their users and not just, you know, pushing upsell messages or whatever, but actual good data that a store owner would need to see um, is just going to make it that much better. So I think it's absolutely the right direction to go. Um, And it looks great. Like, I think it's just a really clean experience and gets you the data that you want to see right there on your dashboard. So I'm excited to see what this is going to end up in a year, a couple of years from now, as as not only the dashboard and, and home screen grows, but the um the extensions really start taking advantage of it. That's where I think we're gonna really see the power of it.
0: All righty. Well, we are on to the last one here. And this is the marketplace. And I thought this was interesting because I know personally I get asked a lot and see people asking out there, you know, oh, should I put my extension on the marketplace or not? And I've always, you know, I I know from experience with as much uh, traffic I get on my other site, BobWP.com, that it's a trusted place. Now they're adding several benefits to the marketplace. So uh, I believe it was uh, Lana was talking about it, and she got to a point where she pretty much laid out it's a couple minutes here, but it's all the different things that now are going to be available for vendors when they, you know, put their extension on the marketplace. I just thought it was interesting and want to get your feedback on that, but this is a couple minutes long so we'll we'll play this one here.
5: So firstly, we'd like to make our onboarding experience a lot smoother and more efficient. We'll be building out an onboarding wizard that will allow us to automate and streamline this process. Um, And we'll be providing a lot more granularity into the reporting in the dashboard as well. So a big one here will be a Google Analytics integration, which I know is a highly requested feature. And this will give you insights into your product page performance. Um, And not only that, we'll be utilizing this increased granularity in the metrics to offer up smart suggestions to better your product page performance overall and to surface potential marketing and promotional opportunities in the marketplace. We'll also be delivering feedback from merchants directly to you as a vendor within the dashboard. This will include things like ratings and reviews, net promoter score, customer satisfaction score, access to refund reasons, which I know is a big one for many of you, um, and the feedback portal, which I keep alluding to and we'll dive into next. So now I'll finally dive into the merchant feedback portal. So we're super excited to announce that we're bringing a feedback portal to the marketplace to open up the feedback loop and to better connect merchants with vendors. This is another way that we're hoping to improve upon the ability vendors have to communicate with their users directly. So in the first iteration of this, we'll have links to the feedback portal on product pages, allowing merchants to easily provide feedback to vendors. This will include the ability to comment back and forth and for vendors to provide status updates for features requested. The longer term vision for this includes the ability for a user to subscribe to a request or to follow a vendor's updates, the ability to vote on a request and for vendors to send messages out to followers.
0: So with that all said, is it is now if you were talking to somebody and they said, hey, you know, do you think I should put my extension on the marketplace with that in mind and your own experience and what you've talked, thought or talked about in the past around the marketplace? uh, What do you think? I'm going to I'm going to go the internal route here first with Jonathan and and then we'll head to uh, Mendel Brad.
3: I got a lot of thoughts. I think a lot about marketplaces. And uh, I, first, overall, just I love what the team is doing. I think what I love most is just the energy, attention, and care being put into it. There's We've still got a long ways to go. We're we're still behind in a number of things, more my perspective. Uh, but I love the direction. I love seeing the growth. I love that there's, it's, it, we're taking a much more open approach to it. Historically, we had this approach that was like, oh, we only want one of each kind of thing. And and uh, I don't know. There's there's something about it's for me. And I, a marketplace has lots of choices, and there's this this appropriate mix of curation guiding people. Like right now, one of the challenges with the plugin directory and WordPress in general is that there's so many options. And anyway, I I, I love this focus on it being user centered. Like, how do we get things that are useful yet this. Conscious, deliberate investment, and how do we improve the experience for people creating these extensions? How do we give them more feedback? How do we make it better? So I'm really optimistic. I love the energy and I'm looking forward to seeing how it continues to develop. Yeah. Brad?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's a good question Um, and it's a tough answer. I think honestly, like I think the default, the easy answer is yeah, absolutely. Right. Put it in the marketplace. I think for most people, that's probably the right answer. Um, you know, you got to factor in the the net revenue payouts. It's like what, 60% if it's exclusive, meaning that's the only place you sell it is what you'll pull in from the net revenue and 40% if it's non-exclusive, meaning you maybe have your own site, you sell it on um, as well as the marketplace. I mean, in my opinion, if you don't have a name out there, if you're not an established player and like the, in the plugin space, trying to promote, your own WooCommerce extensions on your own site is going to be a very long, hard uphill battle. Um, and so putting it in the marketplace would make, you know, a ton of sense because people just don't know you and they're, even if they find you, are they going to trust your product? Right. Um, if they don't know you now, there's a couple, there's a handful of companies out there that, you know, have a, a reputation and a name and a number of products. And I think just by them putting something out there, it's instantly going to be, Validated and have a ton of customers, but that's few and far between. So I think by and large, um, for most people, the marketplace does make a lot of sense because it is, it kind of, if you're exclusive too, it kind of takes that self-management of your own website and all that stuff off the table to an extent, right? Like, yeah, you, you might still have a site and you probably should and have, certainly have some documentation, but in terms of the sales funnel process, in terms of the, you know, all of that, that's really taken care of for you, right? Um, Through the the marketplace there at WooCommerce. And ultimately that's where you're going to get the most eyeballs being in the marketplace, you know, and no matter how big your reputation is or how far your reach is, uh, you're never going to compete with the core product in terms of people seeing it, right? So um, I think for most people, it makes a lot of sense to go in the marketplace. Um, There's a few outliers that maybe they might consider not doing it or or doing the non-exclusive option.
0: Um, But I think for most people they should. Mendel, what about, you know, also from the hosting perspective, because you're kind of looking at from a different angle and also, you know, is it these different added features, what they really add value to the vendor? Uh, Yeah. Just, just
2: a few thoughts from you
0: on the whole thing.
2: Yeah. So often my, my perspective from a hosting perspective is, is the same as the perspective from, uh, you know, from a, from a non-hosting perspective, because at the end of the day, it's, it's people winning, right? Um, and trust and discovery are the two biggest factors in selling anything online. Um, the marketplace provides that. And um, I say, just do it. And I would, I would even go further and say, it's super cool to see... Um, an organization focused on the well-being of commercial players in, in the space, right. Um, that, that are going to upload their extensions and try, try to sell them and giving, um, giving a platform, uh, there are places with far more restrictive, um, requirements or policies, Uh, if you have ever sold on eBay, then you know that putting a link to your website in an, in an auction is a really bad idea, um, because it'll get you banned from, from the entire site selling. Um, I, I think it's, there's, I don't see a downside. And even for the people that are, you know, selling like crazy, um, on their own sites, what a great discovery engine! Because new people are being minted every day, right? New builders are being minted every day, and to have a have a place to hook them on one of your plugins and then, you know, market to them and sell them another plugin directly from your site. Like, it's not it's not an either or in my in my opinion. Um, I I I think it's great.
1: I mean, he's mental okay. talking about selling plugins and extensions or dealing drugs over here. He's, he's talking about like gateway extensions to get them into your.
2: <laughs> <laughs> hey man, WooCommerce
3: is insidious. <laughs> gateway insten- extensions, no pun intended.
0: Yeah, exactly. Oh, who's your well, sponsor
2: again, Bob? Is yeah. it PayPal. Is PayPal. that a gateway yeah. extension? Yeah. Oh man, yeah. we're yeah. ruining that sponsor. Yeah,
0: we're, we are, we are, you know, okay. We, we <laughs> We rewind here and and start over. No, seriously. (laughs) Well, um, I don't know if.
2: I have one more controversial thing to bring up. Yeah, I was going to say, I was going to say, go ahead and do that. Please do. (laughs) Okay, it's not actually it's not that controversial, but I did want to I did want to kind of find out um, Brad, Jonathan uh, maybe even Bob. I know Bob's opinion hasn't been in here much, but I want to know what you think about the current state of inventory and expense management for inventory, right? So um, so how inventory is managed in WooCommerce and then how expenses are calculated, so cost of goods and things like that. And um, if it seems like that should be a third-party... Um, Extension that you know augments WooCommerce to handle that in a more sophisticated way, um, or if this is something that you think uh, WooCommerce core, um, should should approach, um, and the only reason I bring it up is because I've seen this in site after site after site, um, you know, integrating with uh, like ShipStation, right? Uh, or not ShipStation, uh, TradeGecko and and inventory management. Third-party solutions like that, and nothing is as good as native, right? Um, Even if you try and be so, I'll speak to that. Uh, It's a very challenging tension
3: to navigate, I'd say, from our perspective. And this is just sort of my current understanding, which is fairly well informed. Is this uh, we're ultimately focused on the the quote unquote like happy path for? new merchants, like in, in terms of what we prioritize in Woo. So how can we lower the barrier of entry further? That's very much in sort of support of the mission, right? At the same time, the strength and power of Woo is the autonomy with which you can like can do what you want and the extensibility. So I think in general, as we get clearer and clearer on what matters the most to that, to especially to the beginners uh, there, I think that's, we. the expectation is extensions are gonna take care of those things. What at the same, where I hope to see a lot more progress and something I've been passionate about for a while in WordPress is to really improve what it means to make an extension. Like let's teach people how to make more native extensions, right? They're far from being equal. This has gotten a lot better in WordPress in recent years. We're seeing more companies come in and build like first class extensions. We need more of that in Woo. I think the marketplace is really going to help with that. But there's definitely a gap there there, in a number of different places where it works, but it often is not the smoothest experience. And I think we'll continue to make the overall experience smoother. And if it comes down that having a better way of dealing with expenses and inventory is something that matters to the majority, then it's going to be something we do in core. If it's not, then it's how do we make it easier for folks building extensions to build like first-class experiences that, that just take care of it and that feel effectively native. That's that's what we're after.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've, I've actually talked about this topic on the show with one of the areas I think that I, I struggle to recommend WooCommerce is really complex warehousing and inventory type of systems. Is it doable? Sure. But I don't know if the effort's worth... Um, the reward um, when there's other systems that are very much larger, way more complex, way more expensive for, for, you know, obvious reasons. But um, I don't think this is something that to your point, exactly what Jonathan just said, like if the majority of people need something like this, I don't think the majority of people need, you know, advanced inventory, you know, multi-warehouse tracking capabilities. I think the major I would, you know, I, it'd be interesting to see some stats, but I would bet the majority of WooCommerce users are, much uh, a much more basic setup right when when it comes to inventory levels i know there's a release recently i forget whether which which version it was but introduced some enhancements around inventory tracking like if someone was buying something it would kind of hold on to that piece of inventory for a period of time so it didn't get double sold um so those little those advances i think are really great in core but i think you get to the more advanced stuff i think core would is probably not the place for that. It's like having a more advanced like email marketing system and WordPress core, like could it do it? Yeah. But there's companies like dedicated to that, you know? Um, so So things
2: I think of specifically are, are things like the small business jewelry maker that, um, you know, wants to sell online and they also want to sell from their store and that can be handled, you know, a bunch of different ways, you know, POS integration or square integration or, or, or whatever. Um, but you know, part of me wonders uh, when you're when you're a merchant um, trying to go into a place to manage a thing, do you go into WooCommerce? Do you go into a third party? Do you go into your POS? Do you go into Square? Where do you go? Right. Um, so that's the only reason it comes up in my mind. Not something super complex like you know multi multi-wareho- warehouse multi uh, warehouse uh, inventory management and stuff like that. But I I also get your. Your point, no, that's a good example, like things,
3: so.
1: when you have to manage a bunch of different systems, like where's the, it, it comes out of like, where's the single source of truth
3: for your inventory? I'm going to jump on that one, because when we think about uh, like we think about WordPress more and more like an operating system. Right. And if you take woo, like it's it's like an e-commerce flavor of that. Right. Like it's built on WordPress. So overall, when I think of a first class, like first first class experience with extensions and my guidance to folks building is like bring it into the WooCommerce admin, bring it into WordPress, figure out a way to solve that where folks can can leave if they want to. And I've seen this happen better and better more recently. I like the work that HubSpot's been doing recently, bringing more of the elements directly into the admin. And, uh, but I think that's like, people should be able to get the majority of the things done there. And if there's more specialized things that they need to do, or just really advanced, then then send them off to a different interface. But uh, I feel pretty strongly about that. And I think the ones that succeed the most are the ones that really have a native feeling experience.
0: Well, all I can add to that is since WooCommerce has been on my site for eight to nine years, we can look at the fact that I've never sold a single physical product. So I'll, I'll just leave it at that. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not qualified to answer it because of my sheer neglect to, um, Worry about shipping anything from, let alone one Bob WP block that I had in my brain as far as a product to um, several blocks. So, so I, so let's let's leave it at that. But good point there, Mendel. I can always count on you to um, throw something in into the mix there, and I appreciate that. All right. Well, I think that does it. I think we've, um, we've talked, we've talked the talk and I hope this gives some uh, indication to what can be expected, which will be, who knows, Mm -hmm. in upcoming uh, episodes of this, this will happen every other Tuesday. Uh, If anybody's listening and wants to get on here, if they're, you know, deep into woo and they want to get on and talk about stuff with a group of other cool guys or gals or whoever is on here, I would suggest reaching out to me and letting me know. And uh, yeah, we're hoping to have, and I, I'm sure, th- you know, three of these uh, co-hosts will occasionally pop in. I know they, you know, I work them to death anyway, but they may wander in aimlessly at some point or other. So appreciate the three of you joining us. And I just want to thank our sponsors again, WooCommerce.com. Again, jobs. Everybody wants a job. Everybody wants to work. Everybody wants money, wants to make a living in this tough time. So check out do the woo.io dot IO under jobs and you'll see some excellent opportunities there. And PayPal. Yes. A, a gateway extension as defined as we didn't talk about, or we did talk about, but yes, PayPal check out. They're paying for good stuff. Uh, yeah. Like, Again, no brainer. You want to get your clients on that. Or if you're running your own store, you're a developer and you're running your own store according to statistics. Hey, you know, you might want to put that on there. In fact, I'm going to put it on for the do the woo friends and see how that goes. So anyway, that's it. Real quick, where can people find my wonderful co-host, Brad? Sure. Yeah, find me on Twitter, Williams B A.
2: Mendel. You can find me on Twitter uh, at if you will it, and you can check out Nexus at N-E-X-C-E-S-S dot net. Cool. Jonathan? You can find me on Twitter at SirJonathan and uh, some of my writing
3: occasionally on JonathanWool.com.
0: All righty. Well, thanks, everyone, for tuning in to the first Woo Perspectives, and we will see you in a couple of weeks. Of course, you can always tune in to all the Do the Woo. Until next time.